You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. From the wild woods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Jerome here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. We also got uh, producer Pigeon here hitting switches and controls in the producer's chair. How's it going, Pigeon? Um, how's it going, Hoppy? It's good, man. Like I said, weekend uh, of a buddy's wedding. Everyone was uh, surprisingly extremely covid cautious they actually had wristbands too for people to express how they felt about covid so green bracelet meant like you're okay to have normal conversation yellow meant like we can talk but like keep your distance from me and then red meant like just please don't come near me oh well damn that is uh that, that's actually that's that's amazing to hear uh, all things considered what's going what's going on down south and you know it's 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 getting worse everywhere too here in the province of British Columbia where I'm from. I mean, they had to go back. I don't know if it's officially called going back to stage two, um, but they've they've implemented a ton of restrictions again. Actually, the boys from the Stick and Rink podcast were supposed to come to Vancouver Island and we were going to do some content together and I was going to show them around some beaches and stuff. And actually, we're going to postpone that just because of the restrictions and that things are getting bad on the mainland and everything's pretty good here on Vancouver Island, but like numbers slowly increasing you know everyone just trying to do our part and to, to help flatten the curve and, and whatnot so that's that's cool to hear it's like it makes me smile obviously we chuckle because it's just like so unorthodox because we're not used to these type of things but uh <laughs> but fun nonetheless i hope oh no great time awesome well uh john k said feed the pigeon oh uh trust me the pigeon has been fed we've run out of granola bars here at the studio um <laughs> we'll get right into the show rundown here because we have an exciting hoppy hour segment for you folks um and i just want to give a quick shout out to those on uh who are tuning in live on the stream on facebook youtube twitter and twitch welcome to soda pod episode 99 and a special thank you to everyone tuning back in on the podcast if you haven't already please go to apple or itunes apple podcast or itunes and give us five stars you can leave us a review but it's not for our ego. We really don't care what you say. We just want those five stars. It helps us rise to the top of the sports charts. Uh, but if you want to you know, drop a line, tell us your favorite type of beer, uh, ask us a hockey question, or just give us a hockey take, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we really appreciate it, and we will read it out. Uh, if you want to comment live in the show like Shane just did right there, yo, what's up, Shane? We really appreciate uh, that too. But episode 99, Hoppy, it's like 30-something since Hoppy joined, but uh, we got a special episode 100 and uh, we'll give a little bit of a rundown of what we what we got cooking for that show uh, at the end of this one and then throughout the week on our social media accounts at the Soda Pod. But uh, quickly, in regards to our show rundown, uh, we're going right into the Hoppy Hour and we have our, we have our friends from Ineffable Brewing who are going to join us in that segment. I'm going to tell them what I'm drinking. Hoppy's going to tell us what he's drinking and we're really excited to hear about what they're drinking and what they're uh, – well going to allow everyone else to drink there in the state of hockey. Um, then we have some a little bit of Minnesota Wild news. I 
peppered in some wild topics in our NHL and kind of hockey-heavy segment of this show. Um, then we have some Hockey Podcast Network and Soda Pod announcements. Malt Madness drops tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, and we're we're gonna you know talk about that in detail. Hoppy's been doing a great uh, job organizing it, so we'll give you the rundown on that. What you can expect, uh, how you can participate, and what you can win uh, in our first annual. The Soda Pod Malt Madness. And then finally, we'll give a reminder and maybe check the early results of the, the Judge Joey poll on the Soda Pod. But without further ado, let's jump right in to the Hoppy Hour here, episode 99 of the Soda Pod. First, I'd like to propose a toast to UMD goaltender Alex Stalak. To Stalak! To Stalak! I love that stuff. Been drinking it for years. You know, I, I heard they recently decided to add more hops. To it. You're all hopped out. Before we jump into what everyone's drinking here, just want to introduce real quick. Great people. I actually got to go out and meet Richard here in person last week. Um, but not only new friends of the Soda Pod, but new friends of the Minnesota Beer Collective out here. Um, welcome, Richard and Barbara of Ineffable Brewing. Hi. Hi, guys. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us and making some time for us here on the Soda Pod. Uh, Hoppy's been talking you guys up, and uh, it's an honor to feature you on the show and to talk some beer and uh, Minnesota brew scene with you guys. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, congratulations. You're almost to 100. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hop, Hop. I, I say this all the time. I've been doing it for almost 100 episodes. Um, okay. Hoppy's, Hoppy's the new guy on the block. He's like 30 in, but the show actually became something when he joined. So um, it's still we're still going to celebrate like he's been here for the, the long run nonetheless. He seemed pretty decent when I got to meet him the other day. Oh, man. The least, right? You didn't kick me out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's great. He's great. Um, all right, Hoppy, what do we got on tap uh, right right off the bat here? So just to highlight another one of our friends that'll be jumping on the malt madness bracket. I'm actually just finishing up right now a uh, stuffed crust triple IPA here from Blackstack Brewing. I don't really have to say much more for you than if you see a triple IPA that gets released by Blackstack, just buy it if you like <laughs> IPAs and if you don't need to drive anywhere that night. Um, but actually, as soon as I polish this off, I'll be having uh, one of the many beers that Richard had me sampling when I went out there to see them on Thursday. Um, and I kind of went a different route here because I, I pretty much always go with IPAs, porters, and stouts. It's pretty standard for me. Um, I actually went out there, liked everything I tried, and we'll get into some of those beers. But the one that surprised me the most is this banana cream Hefeweizen. I've Interesting. never thought that would be something that I would like, being completely honest. And I thought it was incredible. So I, I don't know. You know where things are going to go from there. I know you guys are still working on a lot of your beers and trying to expand your tap list, but I, I went in, tried seven, even tried a couple that aren't on tap yet, and everything was great. So well, we appreciate that. Thank you. What, what were some of your favorites, Hoppy? Uh, so I really liked the, the hazy IPA. Um, I liked the, the oatmeal stout, and then the one that surprised me even more than this, I just couldn't quite bring myself to buy it just because – my principles of being a, a staunch sour hater their sour was really good hey there you talking, go there you talking go about this when we were there richard like it i don't know if i would describe it it's almost got a cider type vibe to it it's like a, a yeah. Koran apple cider with a little bit of tart to it but you can still tell like it's a beer not a cider 
I don't know. Like, at, okay, I'm into that. I'm like into that. that. I like that. Uh, I'm not. Maybe, a, maybe you guys can speak to what it tastes like a little bit better. <laughs> uh, well, I've always felt, and when I say, I mean, uh, me and Steve and all of us, we've always felt that apple is a super underutilized flavor in beer. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like to use it because it can signify a mistake was made in the brewing process but uh i think it's really cool when you embrace something like that so uh we kind of it was funny we we tried a bunch of new things opening that had been in the back of our heads for a long time and we were really excited to do them but uh we also had some setbacks because of that just because we we tried some new yeasts and uh that's kind of how we got some of the stuff in the sour that you really liked and there were a lot of little things like that but uh yeah it's we uh it was it started as a mis- kind of like a it was an off flavor of the yeast that we were using or the smell when it was fermenting and then we kind of got this like harvest apple taste and or smell i guess you'd say and uh we thought that was really cool and really unique so we kind of rolled with it and in the end i think we lost some of it when the beer cleaned up but um we did an apple and a cranberry sour and they're both milkshake sours and I think they turned out really good. It's kind of a fresh new approach to the sour knowledge that we had. And I love coffee. I don't normally like sours, but I can't get enough of the apple sour. It's very uh, clean and crisp, as opposed to having that funk on it that a lot of sours have that I've tried. So right, I relate right. with the cider part of it. I, I definitely like it. Like I said, she said it much better than I did. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> um, so what, what are you two drinking tonight? What do you have on tap there? and they were all from alloy and uh i haven't honestly had a chance to try them yet so we started with black is beautiful i really wanted to do the belgian triple and then i didn't want to start with a nine percent beer and then once i tasted this i looked at the can and i realized that this is 9.3 percent but it's really good uh it's it's very good i very much enjoy it amazing um so i've i live like i like you probably heard in the intro there i'm from uh well, far west uh, Canada, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. And Hoppy sent me a care package of Minnesota beers recently, uh, one of which had the peanut butter porter from Dangerous Men. And I'd never had a peanut butter porter before. I've had various types of porters. Um, you know, usually they come out around Christmas time. Um, and I think it was earlier this summer when I first met Hoppy. Uh, and he was telling me about the peanut butter porters before I even tried it. Um, I was out for dinner with somebody and, we were, and uh, she had worked for a... Uh, a brewery locally here called dead frog. And she was like, Oh, actually they have a peanut butter porter called nutty uncle. And I was just like, Oh really? Like I've never, I've never heard of it before. And I'm like, I'm a craft beer guy. I've never seen it on the shelf. Well today I just like, I got some dinner. I walked into the local brewery. I wanted to grab, or uh, just a local liquor store. Wanted to grab something to talk about here on the show. And lo and behold, it was there on the shelf. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> the nutty, the nutty uncle. And uh, it, it's, it's pretty damn good. Um, It's, it's not dangerous, man, um, but it's not too sweet, which is kind of was was the selling point for me with that other beer. It just had like that that hint of peanut butter and still the essence of what is a porter. And um, yeah, six point one percent, very milky smooth, and definitely like highlights that there's like chocolate in it. But um, but I dig it. You know, I dig it. You can't go wrong with peanut butter. It's just it's oh, too good. I should have bought two. I should have got <laughs> two. I actually had a question. So the when you were showing that black stack stuff crust, that's 
if I, I've heard, I don't know because I've been busy, but that's a collab with Bricksworth, right? It is, yeah. Okay. I've, I've heard a lot too. of people talk that up, saying that it's awesome. I, I need to find a way to try this. It's hilarious. I actually had never even heard of Bricksworth until I saw that they collabed on the beer. And it turns out they're right there near you guys in Burnsville. Yep. Down the road. My understanding, and maybe I got this wrong, but I believe it's like family members of the founders of Blackstack that opened Bricksworth. That's my best understanding. I've I've meant to well, we've meant to swing down there and say hi. We just literally have not had a chance. And when they're open, we're always working at the brewery. So uh, I, yeah, I'm very much, I'm very excited to go meet them and just say hi and welcome. And we're new too. So yeah, no, same. And I mean, obviously it's kind of cheating because it's the collaboration with Blackstack, but if this beer is any indication, I, I think they're going to do okay. I would only imagine that, that their quality would be there. They have a relationship with Blackstack, right? Or did it's like the brewer's son? That's my best understanding. Yeah. No, it's the owners. Oh, the so, owners. Okay. Yeah. I always mess that up. But I mean, you just hit on it there, guys. Like, talk me through this real quick. Like, what made you stop and think, okay, global pandemic, let's open a brewery? It was an accident, to be honest with you. Um, the You want the long version or the short version? Hey, we got time. We got time. Right. I'll, I'll try and condense it. But uh, so Steve Larson, who is our head brewer, uh, Steve and I had worked at LTD Brewing and Hopkins together. Um, Steve's kind of been my day-to-day -day mentor for lack of better words for the last two years. Uh, he was the lead brewer. I was kind of the new assistant brewer. Uh, you know, you, to learn a lot of the stuff you need hands-on experience and having someone there all day to answer your questions, in my opinion, was the best way to learn. And that's kind of what I got, but, um, yeah, I worked with him at Hopkins when the pandemic hit one day, uh, we had just heard rumors that some breweries were closing. So we were like, Oh, I wonder like which one of our friends is going away or what's happening. And then I uh, started Googling. I had worked in Burnsville for a number of years and, uh, kind of through seeing the information I saw and, and a little bit of reverse engineering, I figured out that the space was in Burnsville and I was like, all right, well, I know there's only one like brewery like that in Burnsville at the moment. And so I, I kind of looked into it. Uh, it was always my goal or our goal to open a brewery at some point, or that was the, you know, the pipe dream we'll say. Down the road, yeah. We yeah. We didn't, no, we did not. Uh, but anyways, I uh, found the place, kind of went to look at it for fun, uh, just to learn and see what that process would be like. And I was really interested in their equipment. It seemed like they had some really cool stuff in there. So I went and met with them and ended up meeting with them a few times and just came to find that some of the equipment they had in there, especially their tanks, were really cool. I found out they were custom built. They're unique. Uh, the person that designed them kind of accidentally designed them as uni tanks, so you can ferment and carbonate all in one shot in all eight of their tanks. And uh, the way it's set up and laid out is is really cool. It's really unique, and it's easy and simplistic to take care of. And only you only really need one person to do it all. So, yeah, it it kind of turned into an opportunity that we couldn't walk away from. And the the space itself is really cool. Big baby windows. You can look outside. There's potential for outdoor areas and yeah, it just turned into be too good of an opportunity to pass up. So we had to do it. Every time we hit a roadblock too, they were willing to work with us. Yeah. So we kind of did this as like a practice, like, 
oh, like this, then we'll know what we're doing in three years when we actually want to like, just kind of know the process. But every time we're like, oh, I don't think we can do this. They're like, we're going to work with you. Like we've got you. And then, like he said, I mean, it, it's just, if we wouldn't have done it, I think we would have been in a lot more pain and like always thinking what if instead of trying to do it and failing. It was just, it was an opportunity that was not going to come again. Yeah, it was an opportunity to lifetime for example. So yeah. I had to do it. And that's amazing. And uh, from someone, you know, who's an entrepreneur myself, who's been doing the soda pod here and also, you know, helping with manage the, the network on behind the scenes, you know, I can totally respect that because, you know, in a time where there was no sports, especially here, you know, talking about Minnesota wild with hoppy and us, you know, trying to get creative with segments and uh, continuing to pump out content on the, you know, the bigger side, you know, we understand the hustle. We understand that, you know, when there's an opportunity, you have to jump with it. So, so that's awesome to hear from like, from a fellow entrepreneur uh, to, your, to, your, to, uh, to you guys, that's, that's great to hear, but I'm more like the practical side. Like what are your, you said like, okay, this is, this is a time where you can kind of like, you know, practice for when, you know, the, the world opens up for lack of a better term and you can go all in on this. So, so what are, what are some of your bigger plans? Cause here I'm like, I'm on your website and it, and it looks like you already have like a, a menu and, you know, a tap room, uh, you know, that, that you have hope to set up. Is that, is that operational? Is that kind of still in the works? Because I've been looking at the menu and I'm like, damn, this is somewhere that I would want to visit uh, when I uh, make my way down to the state of hockey. So we had a really unconventional start um, just through bad timing and, and little things that happened. Uh, we were, right now we get our food from next door. They kind of built a custom menu for us and uh, they also provide some of their fan favorites kind of condensed, so to say. Uh, and it was a lot of things that were requested to us by people who had gone to the space before us. And uh, so we did a custom menu with them. They've been helping us out. That was kind of one of the things that they stepped up to help us with when we were pursuing all of this. Um, they could not do it on our opening weekend. They had prior engagements. So we kind of had to scramble and we, we kind of figured out our own menu for that weekend. Uh, we custom made everything from scratch using our beer. And so we had like a beer cheese sauce that we used. Um, we did fish and chips. So all of the batter for that was made from scratch using our beer. Um, we did uh, kind of like a German take on sausage and vegetables. And that was all aged in our beer. And there was a few other things like bruschetta. Various components were used from that way. But it was kind of our preview at our grand opening to show people what we want to do. Uh, we do have a full kitchen. We hope to utilize it in making higher end bar food all from scratch using our beer. That's kind of what our vision is. And Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so um, that wasn't really sustainable for us long-term just because our big thing is keeping our overhead down. So if you stop by, it's going to be us behind the taps. Uh, we do have a couple of really awesome friends that volunteer when they have time and they help us out when it's busy. And then uh, at the time, or for the time being, Steve's the one running the whole brewery. Uh, he's pretty much in charge of everything. We help out when we can, but... Um, my wife also works full time. So, you know, she's busy all the time and, and she's been very supportive helping make all this happen. And, uh, yeah, anyways, we don't want to hire someone in the kitchen that we can't sustain long-term. So right. they're helping us at the moment. We're pursuing some options to kind of have a cool menu for the winter. And we're also doing some little fixes in the kitchen and cleaning up. Um, and yeah, just keep working on improving the brewery make sure that quality is there. And then once we have the means, we'll work into the kitchen more and hopefully take that over in the spring. That's our ultimate goal. Well, I'm looking at like the space, for example, on the website and it's, it's, it's outstanding. So yeah, once, once things become easier for you guys to do so, I mean, I, I have 
full confidence that, you know, once you find that perfect, uh, you know, chef or, or, or cook that, that you want there in the kitchen, that, that this oh, will blow yeah. up. Oh, yeah, we, we have one in mind. We just, we want to make sure we can sustain them. That's, that's quite simply it. Amazing. I appreciate that, Shane. By the way, like I said on Twitter, anyone that likes good beer in the Minnesota area, give these guys a follow. They're, they're kind of dipping the toes in for the first time into the Twitter world. You can certainly follow them on yep. Facebook and Instagram too, but uh, check them out. They're going to be active here uh, again, coming up in our malt madness that we're going to touch on a little bit later here. Uh, before I ask though, uh, a little bit more about the space that you guys have and some of your plans more post COVID I have to ask, I've seen uh, someone popping in and out in the background there. Can you tell us who that is? Background. Your dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We have two golden retrievers. Uh, they never stop moving. I thought you meant that the yeah, same. I was like, who's playing in the background? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we have two goldens. I can go set up now that cats meowing too. Yep. Sorry, guys. This is why I've only been on for about 30 episodes and Isha's almost at 100. So, um, but no, I've, I've got a golden retriever myself. So, I, I saw oh. that right away and the radar just went up. Yep, yeah. they're great. They're great yeah. dogs. It's Scarlett and Rowan. There's no stopping them. They just do whatever they want. Yep. This is their house. So we're gone. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But so you kind of touched a little bit already, Richard, on, you know, even talking to me when I was in the tap room, plans for the space, what you were going to do outside, things you wanted to do inside more from a, you know, activity type perspective. So just talk to me next, next summer, if things calm down and, you know, COVID Things are never going to be the same, but no. we get closer normal. Like, what's the the goal of how you're going to be looking moving forward? We honestly have just we want to provide a space and an environment for beer people to have a total beer experience. That's one of our big missions. But um, you know, the in the last couple of days or weeks, we've we've had a few families or groups of people come in and they bring their own board game or they bring their own cribbage set or cards and. That's that's been a really silly, like really big rewarding thing in all of this is just seeing people start to do that stuff again. Uh, I think it will just span back to what we used to do at breweries, just go hang out with people, talk, catch up, um, get to know new people and play games, you know, just sit down and have a good time, have a few beers and and hang out and bullshit, really. But uh, things like uh, comedy, we want to do trivia. Um, maybe different board game contests or whatever it is that people are interested or what we end up at. Um, we want to try and renovate an outdoor space so that you can hang out outside, uh, even at night under the lights, you know, when it's warm out, enjoy the weather, do that as much as we can within our means, um, expand into the kitchen. Like we've talked about, uh, get into barrel aging. Um, we have more plans to revamp the space, uh, there, you know, we gave it a makeover more or less. There's little things we'd like to change and invest more money into, but it's just not the time. And the brewery, uh, the brewery's got really good bones. The tanks are awesome, but there's a lot of little things that are missing that we really need to work on. And um, we've, we've made some create, creative band-aids right now, but just expanding that equipment and and making sure that it's, it's up there because that comes into the quality piece for us. And I have some ideas. Uh, with bees in particular, uh, Steve, who is our head brewer, he also uh, raises beehives. That's one of his things on the side. So maybe we can find a creative way to help the city in some manner and then benefit from that with honey and whatnot. Um, we have an intern right now. Uh, he's been with us to try and complete his DCTC. 
uh, certificate or um, program, whichever it is that I don't know how exactly what to call it, but he's got to do X amount of hours. So it's been fun to kind of show him the ropes and, and let him get hands on. Um, We're working with the city too for yeah. something outside for, I mean, I know you asked post COVID, but for getting through the winter, like trying to find something that we can do as far as a tent or something like that so i know we're not the only ones asking so we're kind of waiting on the city to hear what we can do for that too just to expand over the winter but uh, we've been eyeing up that outside area and he used to landscape so he's pretty positive he can put in a, a patio himself so we're waiting on that um come springtime probably nice but no the tents are a great idea we see that a lot with like going downtown to Tom Reed's before a, a wild game. And, you know, it's not even a matter of a COVID thing for them. It's they know that when there's a game, they're going to have like three X capacity. So how can we expand this? But being able yeah. to do that through the winter, just to give you guys more space. And like you said, just push through until greener pastures, hopefully this spring or this summer. Yeah, exactly. And I know some people are doing those igloos. So we have a rep that we might be able to help us with that, but it doesn't sound like the city of Burnsville likes the idea of having a tent and having a heater in it. So again, we're just kind of waiting to hear to see what we can get approved so that we can expand the outdoor seating to get through the winter. Yep. That pretty much sums it up. <laughs> awesome. Um, So currently on tap, what's your favorite beer? And can you tell us about, you know, kind of what you have going on right now? Um, again, working through little growing pains, uh, with our tap lines, we're kind of waiting on some parts, but I think the apple sour is, or the apple milkshake sour is one of the, the better things that we pumped out right away. Right. Uh, unfortunately we can't serve it unless it's foam. It just, it's, we carbonated it higher and we were kind of going for that ciderish feel and, and that was the grand design, but in being carbonated higher, uh, it gets really angry when it goes through. So we're kind of fixing that but uh the, my point is we don't have it on tap right now if people are listening and they want to try it hopefully in the next couple of days uh the cranberry sour is really good i think that was really on for the the fall type season i think our ipas are really good especially the double dry hop hazy ipa i think yeah. that he really nailed that in his design that one's my favorite out of the two yeah oh, okay, okay. Um, did a real classic german approach on a hefeweizen so Lots of banana and clove flavors from the yeast. I think that was kind of where we really found our niche with our equipment. And, you know, there's a steep learning curve with that going from one building to another and everything. Every degree matters, every, everything. But uh, that one turned out really good. And I'm really excited for what's coming next. Uh, we do have a Mars and Style Oktoberfest that will hopefully be ready in the next two weeks. Uh, we have a blonde ale that's been dragging its feet, but we are hoping that that's done very soon and we're excited for that. Um, we kind of tried to bring back the idea of the white stout. Uh, we took that to all pints north about a year ago or so. Maybe it was more than that, but uh, people seem to love that idea. And I thought it was really unique and creative. So we had that in our opening lineup. We have big plans to kind of work on that and do a new version of that later on, build off of the feedback we've gotten. And uh, uh, the Belgian double is probably the thing I'm most excited about. That's what's fermenting right now. Um, we get that we're not monks, but we both really love Belgian beers. So we took, uh, we spent a lot of time researching to the best of our abilities, how they make beer. So, uh, or, you know, what we can do to emulate that idea. So that is a Trappist approach on a Belgian style double. So we're really excited to see that go. 
Um, the next beers I think are going to be an Irish red ale to kind of appease the amber crowd. Uh, we've gotten a lot of requests for Kolsch's and cream ales. Uh, found that they're very similar, so we're probably going to try and do some kind of a hybrid in that. And then um, probably going to start getting into some darker stuff. We've had a lot of requests for that. And, uh, you know, another round of sours, more IPAs in the works, keep everybody happy. It's probably everyone, my best. Everyone likes their IPAs. Exactly. And Isha, the, the white stout, think, you know, obviously you had the white stout that I sent you from Bad Weather, mm -hmm. the Immortal Toast. So think that, but not as sweet. And then add in that kind of roastiness that you liked from the Ooh. peanut butter porter at Dangerous Man. That, that's pretty much what it turned out to be. Nice. Bad Weather's was awesome. They did a really good job. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. And no, Steve, Rich, uh, Richard, sorry. It's okay. Um. When I was in there, you were talking about how you guys had the voting to kind of align with the election, um, mm -hmm. to have new beer styles come out. And then I weighed in and said, you know what? I, I think you need to have a peanut butter beer. And what's he do? He goes to the back fridge, pours something, comes out. He's like, here, you can try this one that I'm experimenting with. <laughs> also good. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, all of us, we've collectively, uh, me, my wife, Barbara, Steve, and Steve's fiance, Taylor, uh, we're, we've kind of been the four brainstorming everything that we've done. So uh, even if they're behind the scenes, they've done a lot in helping us do all of this and uh, helping us, you know, get this idea started. But uh, peanut butter is on our agenda and has been for a long time. We also have some other shared ideas that we've had uh, some things are just really hard to work into beer. Uh, they mess with the chemistry and and how you you achieve certain things. So we don't want to do it until we know that we've nailed it. Uh, I had kind of showed him an idea of peanut butter that we had been working with. And then we we have some other things that we're actively fermenting out too in little test batches. Yeah, it was. So we kind of did a take on a like peanut butter banana sandwich, so to say. Uh, that's what I had given him to try. And it's very different. It's more natural peanut, but... We'll see what it turns into. Well, I know with peanut butter, some people like to use like the, the like the powder. Some people like to use, you know, like peanut butter, like flavoring. And then some people actually yeah. like to use peanut butter extract. And I the reasoning is, is different. You know, sometimes it's allergy related where they want their product to be able to be accessible for everybody. Whereas some are, you know, true to the actual taste of being, no, no, we want the actual extract because we want this flavor, you know, the authentic and more, roasty um nutty flavor for lack of a better term so now i get i get trying to find that like perfect uh that perfect equation for you know that matches like your style and also uh to get something new out there for the consumer so so that's awesome yeah thank you yeah and then the banana cream one that hoppy has i'm sorry the one that you have actually sold out so they'll be making more of oh that. nice yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What a what a glass, by the way. I know that's what I was saying. <laughs> Gee, Stanley Cup. Yeah, and I I saw the mug earlier too. What are you just showing off here, or what? <laughs> hey, I thought I thought what better way to showcase the banana cream heffa? So, hey, that's cool. Like all right, it. I'll take Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Minnesota's never won one, but why not? Why not show Ooh. it up? Hey, that's fair. <laughs> First one seen in Minnesota. <laughs> there Here's you go. <laughs> But going off sports, I, I know you mentioned like you guys want to try and have more of the watch party vibe as well. I saw the TV screens in there, which Richard, I told you, refreshing because there's some breweries that are, we'll lovingly say, a little a little hipster and a little tight to their uh, vibe of brewery where it's just come in, have the beer, and be social. 
listen to vinyl records. So talk, you know, again, when it's okay to do so or doing so right now in a, you know, acceptable fashion with COVID. Like, is that something that you guys see doing a lot of, you know, sports viewing type events? We hope so. Yeah, we had we talked about it today because the Vikings game was on. And right now our reservations are only 90 minutes. So we would have to switch that around. But hopefully post-COVID, we would have a lot of stuff that we do for viewing. And even like the college stuff, we've had a lot of people come in asking about Big Ten and stuff like that. So there's definitely a crowd and a demographic there that would like it. I would say, yeah, I mean, our mission is to try and provide the total craft beer experience. Um, right. We're still learning what that is. We don't know. Uh, we've been taking feedback from everyone that walks through our doors. Like, hey, what do you guys want to see? Like, what is your idea of a perfect brewery? And uh, that's what we're going to try and make. And hopefully we can rig the TVs into the surround sound system in that place. It has an awesome sound system. So if we figured if you can come in, drink some beer, watch the Vikings game and hear it, that's going to be pretty decent, you know, a piece to the sports crowd. And um, also people with families, like what they, you know, the, uh, the ability to come in, have some beers with the kids. We're trying to find a way to meld that all together. So no matter who walks in and, and who's with them, um, we can, we can, still show them a good time whether uh, it's having wines that people that don't like beer would like to have or ciders or a version of beer that fits into that profile as well that makes people happy um you know not all like just still doing beer stuff with things that may not be beer oh that's fair just customize it to the community yeah awesome and i mean come january maybe february hopefully not later might have to have a, a Minnesota wild viewing party of some sort. I know I'll be out there to at least watch whether I'm alone or not. I don't know, but All right, that's fine. hopefully we can rally some people to come with me. Hey, yeah. it'll be a good time regardless. Hey, and when the world opens up, when the world opens up again, I'm going to make my way out to the, to the twin cities there. And uh, Hoppy's going to give me the tour of, you know, all the breweries whom we've featured on the podcast and more. So maybe we'll get like a live podcast thing going when more and more people can come in and uh, we'll give away some jerseys and give some incentive for people to come in and uh, drink your guys's uh, products. Yeah. Well, you better, you better start pre-gaming and prep up because there's a lot of breweries that you're going to be going to. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I hear, but I'm seasoned. Um, luck, like it's actually funny. British Columbia is probably, it, it probably rivals, uh, Minnesota. And I say that like with all due respect in like the craft beer scene, cause you know, since the, or like a mid two thousands, it's been popping off here. And especially in, in the area where I'm from on Vancouver Island and the lower mainland of Vancouver. Um, like I said, like most of the the best beers that I like pop grab off the shelf, like really like I look into it and I'm like, Oh yeah, of course it's from Vancouver or the Island or, you know, Okanagan area. So um, it's, I, I'm blessed here and um, I'm used to it, which is why I'm up for the challenge. All right. All right. Perfect. Bring it on. All right, Hoppy. Uh, I think we have one uh, last important topic to dive into uh, here. And again, we'll, we'll keep diving into it as the episode goes on and as the weeks go on here, but malt madness, I know I, I just dropped it on you there on Thursday when I came in, Richard, but excited to have you guys participating again. I know Twitter's new to you guys, but really sharing across all social media, like excited to have you guys on and hopefully get some awareness and Hey, maybe we see you guys get an upset here over one of the breweries that's been around for a little bit longer. Yeah. We're, I mean, we've been itching to be in a competition since the start of this. Uh, we wish that there were more options for that or, even all pints north, you know, just the that old, you know, it, it's almost like old beer scene stuff now. You know, it's it's not 
back to when it was normal, we'll say. But uh, I'm really, I think we're all collectively very excited to participate in that and just kind of see where we stand. Love yeah, it. it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, we're launching it tomorrow. If you're tuning in on the live stream right now, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or if you're listening back episode 99 of the podcast, it will be live by the time you're listening. And uh, we're super excited to have Inevitable Brewing uh, with us. You can follow them on Twitter at Inevitable Brew. Um, like I said, they're starting out on Twitter. Show them some love. Hopefully we can give them, uh, what, the soda pod bump here? Ineffable. Exactly. And- and I think you added an extra in there. Yeah, Hoppy, Hoppy was about to roast me again. Ineffable. Ineffable brew. Ineffable. I'll spell it for everyone. I-N-E-F-F-A-B-L-E. There's no D. I don't want no <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I looked at my producer and I looked at Hoppy. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I fucked that up. It's all right. It's all right. No worries. I'm like reading it. I'm literally like reading it off your website in like large caps and I still can't read it right. Oh, shout out to the nutty uncle already getting me a little buzzed on the show. (laughs) And I know you guys already mentioned, I mean, again, uh, check them out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, but uh, you mentioned a couple beers that are coming out soon. So what what are the Mm. newest ones coming out and when should people be stopping by to check them out? Um, we hope, I mean, we hope in the next two weeks you can see our Oktoberfest. We know we're late to the game, but we really wanted to do one. It's one of our favorite styles of beer. We're probably going to make them several times a year, to be honest. I think it's silly. We don't see them more often. Uh, but you'll always see at least one lager for us, from us at a time. One of the eight beers will be a lager. Uh, but yeah, the Belgian Double's gonna, that's our latest brew. So hopefully three weeks, roughly. Uh, we're still waiting on our blonde to finish up, so hopefully that's in the next week or so. The uh, what is the rest? What was that wine style beer that you guys had me try? The what? Oh, I think that was mead that Steve had made out on his own. That oh, had nothing cool. to do with no, that had nothing to do with our brewery, by the way. But uh, uh yeah, he. It, he very much is into uh, ciders and mead with bees and honey, obviously. There's a huge uh, mead like culture here on Vancouver Island, actually, on some of like the island, the sub islands from the big island, actually. It hurts us we can't make ciders. We wish we could make true ciders, but uh, hopefully we can find a cool way to tweak what we're doing. And, you know, that sour cider idea, that's kind of something we're interested with. And... Um, yeah, the next brews uh, will be like a Kolsch cream ale. Um, we're going to get into the dark beers, so double chocolate milk stout or probably a porter. Ooh. We've had a lot of requests for porters. We'll probably, you know, throw some, some, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more Oktoberfest. Uh, we'll probably throw some peanut butter in the mix somewhere. Uh, we have some other ideas we're working on. Hopefully we have those done shortly and we can incorporate them in some way. Um yeah, hopefully in like two to three weeks, you'll see a whole handful of new stuff from us. Amazing. That's awesome to hear. Um, you know, always reach out to us if you want anything uh, pumped, if you want us to share any news, any new products. Uh, we're more than happy to do so here on uh, the Soda Pod and the Hockey Podcast Network. And we thank you again for making some time for us. This has been awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, yeah. guys. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Ineffable brewing. Ineffable. Oh, man. All right. Thanks again, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, You're listening to episode 99 of the Soda Pod. Thanks to everyone uh, tuning into the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and back on the podcast. Uh, On the other side, we are going to dive into some 
NHL talk, sprinkled in with some Minnesota wild topics. I'm going to regain myself there and uh, walk that one off. Um, thanks again to our friends at Ineffable Brewing. Shane, it was inevitable. Yes, it was inevitable that I would fuck up at least one name on this show. It sucks that it was our guests, but they took it like champs and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, on the other side, we'll dive into some NHL and hockey talk. Uh, you listen to the Soda Pod episode 99. Some Enforcer Based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And now Semenko out in front of the goal, pounding away at Joe Kocher, who's down on the ice, holding the back of his head. Um, you know, actually, what, what really surprised me, especially with Twitter being like Leaf Nation, was Grimson over Colton Orr. That actually, that voting really surprised me. I didn't think that would happen. Don't forget to catch the Fourth Line Voice podcast wherever you find your podcast, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Mark Bergevin. And everybody goes on and on with the whole PK thing and blah, oh, and he hated him because he doesn't like fun and blah, blah, blah. I have heard from a few people that Mark Bergevin's hilarious. No, this guy was a riot. Yeah, he would uh, be at the bar and he's like, oh, I just had a penis colada. And the girls would like give a double take and be like, what? He's like, yeah, I had the penis colada. You know, I, it's not bad. You know, this. Enforcer based podcasting wherever you get podcasts from. Ineffable Brewing Co. Great guess. Great name. Very easy to say, actually. You know, it rolls right off the tongue. Uh, Shane says, by the way, this Ninja Panda stuff is dank. That's not acceptable, Shane. I need way more detail than that. You can't just say it's dank. Yeah, this is the soda pod here. We need a little bit more uh, description. We need some stats. Uh, Nick Floor, 94, uh, tuning in, drinking some 805 and eating some Ray Ferraro. Wait, Ray Ferraro? The hockey player? Not sure what that means. Overall, Shane says, if I were to just drink one beer and stop it, um, it would be this one. Okay, we need more detail than that. What Does that mean it's like it's heavy? Is it is it sour? And, and Shane also chimes in saying banana cream is his favorite pie. Banana cream is an underrated pie, by the way. That's fair. Yeah. Same with like lemon meringue, honestly. Not with you on that one. I I ain't down with lemon meringue. <laughs> Sorry, I, I gotta ju- I gotta jump in here. I ain't down with that. You, you're not down with it. Sorry, no. your mic was muted. Oh Jesus! You're good now. You're good okay. now. Okay. No, not not down with lemon meringue. Okay. I'll go banana oh, wow. cream pie. Real original, Isha. Real original. How, isn't that original? I don't know. Like I I thought oh, it was something. I thought, I thought you were kidding because he I could absolutely hear him. You son. I, I, thought, you were, I thought you were trying to pull me on uh, tip of the iceberg. Uh, I oh, come yeah. in, produce this guy's show, and this is how he treats me. <laughs> Whatever, we got him two to one. Lemon meringue sucks. Uh, inevitable. Um, all right, what do we <laughs> what do we got in store here uh, off the bat? Um, should we get into you know, you know we should rip the bandaid off and talk about some of the somber news right, right off the top here. Um, and I guess I'll take the lead on this one since it's uh, it's a little more closer to home now. I know this uh, this star. And this show reached a global level and was just as big in the United States as it was in Canada. And, you know, you all know what I'm talking about. Um, Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy, uh, passed away at age 80. Uh, We all, you know, it was very, he was very public about his battle with cancer and how, you know, he was going to fight it straight on and that, you know, the support for it was amazing by by everybody, Um, all his fans and, you know, both Canada and the United States on social media and whatnot. And he continued to, to work. He continued to to produce shows, 
while in treatment, um, while fighting this, this fucking terrible, this terrible disease. And, um, and man, did this guy have a hell of a career and was, was he ever an icon for, you know, just so much more than just a TV star. It's crazy that, you know, for me personally, and this goes just past him just being Canadian, like, um, and I wasn't even a huge TV guy or movie guy growing up, but I remember like my parents would have like friends over just to watch like the back-to-back episodes of this. And like, I don't know, it was almost like a movie night, but like with Jeopardy and we'd all try to like, I don't know, try to participate in the show too. And, you know, in university and college, like, uh, I, I used to do that with friends, um, you know, past girlfriends and stuff. Like that was just what we did. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is Canadian. I don't know, but it's something that I remember growing up that, uh, from a young age, this show was always just part of my life in different stages and uh it always just brought a smile to my face so it was pretty sad to hear that that he passed but also uh he had he had a hell of a fight um and the, the fact that he like continued to work on like on a, on a broadcast on a tv show where he had to literally like be there um be there 100 be an entertainer um while you know probably hurting some days uh is truly amazing so uh just wanted to to give my uh little little spiel and uh and condolences for for the trebek family and uh yeah just show my respects because this guy was an unbelievable entertainer yeah and i mean you see all the posts that people are putting up and how like the things that he did on jeopardy like touched every corner of the internet like everyone has something they can tie back to jeopardy and things that he's done you saw some of the more touching ones where people are you know, putting their final answer as I love you, Alex, and betting all of their money and knowing they were going to lose. Like it, it just speaks to him and his reach and what he has done from a pop culture perspective. And I mean, from a, a lighter note, like we don't have celebrity jeopardy on SNL without him. You know, we don't have, I, I don't know if you've seen these ones, Isha, but my favorite from uh, him were, when he would read the rap lyrics and people had to say what the song was called. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had just the most monotone, like direct read, read it as it was written. And it's just nothing like the song like that. That just makes me smile. Yeah, no. And he's, uh, yeah, he, he definitely, uh, left a legacy. So, um, rest in peace, uh, Alex Trebek. Uh, let's, you know, hard, hard right turn here, but let's get into some hockey talk. It is that segment. Uh, what, what do you want to get into first hoppy? We can just touch on and close out the uh, the poll from last week, sure. and the, the new one kind of stems into what we're going to talk about for a bit here, anyways. So last week we brought up, which it's crazy how this like almost seems like very distant news at this point, but Mitchell Miller um, going back into his obviously being removed from UND, being removed from the Arizona Coyotes organization. What do you expect to be his highest level of play moving forward, given that news? And uh, it was pretty much all either KHL or no more meaningful hockey, which Mm. I know we already gave our opinions here, but I'm pretty much of the expectation that he's either not going to play more meaningful hockey or if he gets in with any of the intermediate levels, there's a decent chance he'll work his way up to NHL, AHL, because people like to find ways to forgive and make him the reclamation story for being a better person. Is he that good, though? You know what I mean? Like, just everything aside, like, I I know. Because I heard he was like at most a second rounder, and it's like okay, okay. that's cool. I, but I heard like he was a late first, early second, if he didn't have this bullshit going on. Okay. So okay. I don't know though. Like I haven't watched him. Like if you're going to UND, if you're playing for the U.S. national team, like obviously you can play. But I I don't know how he projected. Okay. And that's more to say. I mean, you might be right. Maybe he's not good enough. 
I'm just curious. That's all. Because oh, like I, I've because I'm usually dialed in. Again, I've I've been very vocal on this podcast that this year in particular, um, I, I wasn't. So maybe that's why. Because usually I'm at least the three rounds deep, I know most of like where everyone kind of slots. But he was kind of off my radar this year, anyways. Um, that's good. That means you're one of the good ones. Yeah, <laughs> Shane said he voted KHL. You know what, Shane? Like, if the KHL was still was still as wild as it as it used to be, maybe I would kind of push towards that a little bit but he'd, he'd get paid in the khl and you know he's kind of a scumbag and i don't necessarily want this guy to make millions of dollars again it's not what we want it's what we think that's true that's there's true. difference there's a difference no if it's what we want i don't want him to play any meaningful hockey again so yeah but i think that that's the path that it's gonna go nope fair i both fair. want and think We'll we'll go to more of a positive note, and I'll kind of hand it off to you after we go over the poll question here, Isha, because I know this is much closer to your heart than mine. Oh, yeah. But we're asking everyone on Hockey Twitter, how many goals will Ovechkin accrue for the Capitals before he retires from the NHL? And note, he is currently at 706. Um, we're looking at 750 to 799, 800 to 849, 850 to 894, and then 895 plus, that being the magic number, obviously, to surpass Wayne Gretzky. Um, still early in the voting, but um, very heavy on the surpassing Gretzky. And we even have our friend here, Hockey Totem. Uh, still just not a great name, but... For, formerly the, the Hockey Troll. Yeah, apparently uh, Seattle's smarter than he is, but um, <laughs> he, he's going over 900. Uh, easy because it, easy he scores 38 over the next five and he's over the great one he's never been less than 32 in a season and those can be chalked up as an anomaly um, he's been robbed of almost two full seasons thus far and uh, if he had those he'd be a locked hey, great one and that is a good a point very unbiased source everyone. I mean it's as biased as it can get but he does have a good point there that that's yeah. like an extra hundred goals in the bank so yeah, I mean, yeah. I I agree. I think that there's a lot of players that can use that same argument, but no, but I mean, I mean, he's I I'm not I don't I'm not even seeing it as an excuse. I'm saying it as like that like the possibility's a hundred percent there. Like this guy's from a goal scoring perspective shouldn't slow down because he it's he scores goals you know in his you know in his spot, but also in different ways. Like he he finds ways to put oh, the puck in the net. Oh my god. Whereas back in the day when he first came into the league, predominantly you saw his goals not necessarily scored from the power play, scored off the rush, or him just you know bombing down the ice with those with that rocket speed that he once possessed. Now you know he's a little bit older. He's rocking the dad bod. He'd rather just find different and more peculiar spots on the ice to get that puck in the net, and he's been able to kind of adjust his game later in his career. So I'm confident that yeah, if he scores more than 35 goals for the next five years, like the, the the math, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Hockey Troll laid out the math for us. That will happen. It's how many years is Ovechkin still going to play in the That's league? That's a real question. And um, so Shane to know, I mean, you being a fan, Isha, like you're, you've said it before on here, like you follow the caps, you cheer for Ovechkin. Him coming out and saying that he will only play for two teams professionally, Dynamo and Capitals. Like, talk me through it. It doesn't scare me because I th I think and Pigeon you can you can chime in here too. I think that he would probably want Gretzky's record more so than to play his final three years with with Dynamo. I think if he breaks Gretzky's record and is like shit, I got a couple more years left of just 
competitive hockey in me. I'm going to drink Corona's before and after the game because I'm Ovechkin motherfucker. It doesn't really matter at this point. I just broke Gretzky's goal record. I can play wherever the hell I want. Then he'll probably pull the old like Yarmir Yager and just go play with his team in Dynamo. Now I know he doesn't own the team like Yager owns his whatever division two team. Not yet. I mean, he probably will. Um, But I think that's kind of realistically how it's going to play out. This guy has an opportunity to be to to set a record that I don't know if anybody else is going to beat for a very long time. You know, p- maybe maybe Toronto fans are being like, "Oh, Austin Matthews, he scored forties first night." Shut the fuck up. Austin it, Matthews it, is not going to break Ovechkin's goal. Someone that's at least in that discussion. I would never bet on him to beat either of them, but like Austin Matthews is a guy that has the talent to be in that discussion. Okay. Matthews is never going to put up sixty-five goals in one season. It's not going to happen. Is that the requirement to break the record? Well, no, but if if, if it sure Ovechkin helps. is regularly getting 40 and 50 and can every once in a while put up a 65, 60 goal season, I'd I, I put him above Matthews. Again, I'm not arguing that he's not above Matthews. I'm just saying that he's a guy that if he can you just can't accept any praise crap. of Toronto it's in not, the studio. The, the, I'm sorry. Yeah, like. I barely allow it here on the soda pod, but when Pigeon's producing the show, it's not happening. No, it's unacceptable. I'm not going to let it happen. There you go. Yeah, Matthews is garbage. Move on. Uh... Thank you. He's not garbage. He's just not as he just can't break Ovechkin and Gretzky's record. But anyways, back to back to my thought. Long or the short of it, um, I I I don't think he's going to leave the Capitals before he at least makes a legitimate run. Now, if injuries you know say otherwise and he just can't get there, like say three years in, he still has a long road and it's because he's banged up or, or something, then we can revisit this conversation. Maybe it's easier to go and uh, and play into the sunset with Dynamo. I think we can revisit in two years, and it's going to okay. be pretty cut and dry at that point. And I don't think it's going to be an injury concern. I think it's what happens as like he continues to be a little bit slower in the league. Like That's the one thing that's going to gradually leave him. Is- well, he's already not fast. Right, but it's going to continue to erode. And obviously, if Washington's willing to just throw him out there on the point on the power play, yeah, that's an easy 20, 25 goals. Great. If he can keep up, like I'm not saying he has to be like an elite speed winger or anything like that, but if he can at least just stay in and keep up. He just needs line mates. I think he'll be in a spot where in two or three years, he is realistically sniffing the record and he's going to stay. He just needs line mates who, who can forecheck and one who's quick. Honestly, that that's all because he can take that extra three, four seconds to get into the zone. He needs someone like a Tom Wilson who can forecheck and someone like a Kuznetsov, you know, who can who can play that center role and get him the puck swiftly. So and those two realistically, they got they got, you know, elite juice. Well, I mean, I don't think Tom Wilson's elite, but they they can play at the highest level and have that, um, you know, have that skill set that's not going to dip anytime soon. They're both respectively in their prime. Tom Wilson is still really young. Yeah, and I guess the big thing for me is I agree with you that the Gretzky record is more important to him, but I also don't know if anyone fully pays tribute to how much this guy cares about his country, how much he definitely wants to go back to Dynamo before he's you know on the tail end, not really playing his real style of hockey. I'm not saying that he won't ride it out and push through to beat Gretzky, but if it's something where he has to be pulling – the Yager and the Thornton just dragging on and hopefully eventually clawing for the record year by year. He's not going to do that. No, no. He's going to be in a position to get there in the next four or five years, or he's going to 
be, you know, two, maybe three years out from now. And he's going to look and be like, shit, I'm going to have to play a lot more years to make this happen. I'd rather go out on top and be a hero back home in Moscow. I think he would go that route. It's four, it's, it's four or five years tops. Like, you know, in year four, if he has three, four more to do, realistically, it's not going to happen. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. Oh, man. I love me some Ovechkin, though. And I know you're a Pittsburgh fan. I, I fucking respect the guy. I don't like the team. I can still respect him. Well, talent. that's like that's like me and the and the Pankies. Like, I, I, I respect the hell out of Malkin. I, you know, obviously Sidney Crosby. Um, but I but I can't stand the team. Okay. <laughs> uh, and it's only because they were such a headache to Washington when I was growing up watching Washington, just hoping Ovi would win one. The Crosby, what, the Crosby Ovi rivalry. I lost years from it, but like those are the best series I've ever watched. Like even roles reversed. Like obviously it's easy for me to say being on the winning side, the majority <laughs> of the time, but like I, those are the series that I'm always going to remember. The, yeah. No game. Washington, no Pittsburgh. Game yeah. Then a game, the penguins lost when Ovechkin and Crosby traded hat tricks. Like Dude, I was just going to say that was one of the most epic. Game. That was one of the most epic games I've ever seen. Like that game ended and like, people are like, dude, you okay? And I'm like, I don't even care. That was the coolest was, thing I've ever Bye bye. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs> um, so quick news out of the KHL. We'll uh you know, speaking of Ovechkin, it's maybe it's gonna be a little bit of a Russian influence here on this segment. Um, have you heard about this pick? Um, I was again, I wasn't super dialed into the draft. Um, but a solid pick for the Columbus Blue Jackets in uh Yegor uh Chinikov. Now, this guy I just saw on Twitter a few weeks ago, you know, put up a hat trick in his first rookie season in the KHL. And I was trolling Canucks fans because in the promo video, uh, Nikita Triamkin was there looking all sad. And I'm like, well, okay, of course, this guy scored a hat trick when Triamkin's playing defense. He's never coming home to the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, then I looked into this, this prospect, and man, this guy's actually the real deal. Um, putting up a ton of points in his rookie season for um, for his team, respectively, in the KHL. And uh, reached out to the Jackets Debrief here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the Columbus Blue Jackets podcast. And um, a solid pick by by Columbus. And they're really pumped that this guy, you know, as early as next season could uh, could transition to the National Hockey League. Barring, I don't know his contract details, but if, if, he's, uh, if he's allowed to do so. I was going to say, that's the biggest thing. Hearing that a Russian could come next year, that's a big deal. That doesn't that's happen. A big, that's a big deal. Um, I'm just getting up his points uh, here right now. His plays for Avangard Omsk, which again, one of my favorite team names in the KHL because you actually have to like put your fucking diaphragm into it when you say it like Omsk. Like it's it's fucking badass, dude. Anyways, um, 13.7 goals in 20 games in his first 20 games in the KHL. Um, I forget what international tournament just just occurred for for u20s but he got three points two goals in three games respectively for that uh last season he played in the vhl and mhl so the you know the khl's ahl and uh and the the junior league and he put up you know points in both league uh, in both leagues three points and two goals in two games in the vhl and 69 points and set and 27 goals in 56 games for a team that I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of. Um, but <laughs> so this gets a real deal. And yeah, I've been looking up his highlights and damn, and that, that GM, um, oh, I, what I'm blanking on his name, the Finnish GM for, for Columbus, Kakalainen or something like oh, that. I forget yeah. his first name. Yarmo um, Kakalainen, man, this guy, this guy's the real deal. And he's like quietly putting together and continuing 
uh, to put together a solid team year by year. That's the thing. He like he doesn't have a market that players want to go to. Like that's been made pretty clear. But he well, yeah, he. I mean, and, and like, well, I mean, that's clear in Artemi Panarin not staying when they're offering him the Sun, Moon, and Stars, right? Seriously, well, him and Bobrovsky. But yeah, but I, mean, I just smile at Bobrovsky because, like, yeah, you're in Florida, but you ain't in New York, and you ain't playing that well, buddy. So, right, but objectively, like, is is Columbus anywhere in the top twenty five markets that you would go to? Oh, absolutely not. And, and I'm sorry, Frank, host of the, the Jackets Debrief. I'm sorry, but uh, Ohio's not on the top of my wish list. Oh, right. And that's not like a shot at them. Like, I'm sure, aside from the fact that it's like a great hockey market, like yep. for other sports, players aren't excited to come here. You look at, I'm sure Shane listening in will agree, Timberwolves, like players don't want to fucking come here to play for the Timberwolves. It, it makes a big difference for the lifestyle perspective for these players. and. Like the fact that he's been able to draft these players, make the right trades and have a competitive team when like we're all looking in and saying this isn't a very good team. He's doing something right. Yeah. Yet they're making the playoffs now. They're a headache in the regular season. They, you know, regularly have, well, they got John Tortorella, who's always up for the Jack Adams. I mean, this, this is, this team is the real deal. And it starts from the top down, you know, they're because they don't have the most talented players out there on the ice. They're doing it. Like I said, by committee, everyone's kind of all in, and the culture there seems to be uh, pretty awesome. Um, so again, from what I see right now, pretty damn good draft pick. Uh, I think he was picked twenty first overall. I just closed the page, so but uh, <laughs> caught a glimpse of it there. Um, but to sprinkle in some Minnesota news, uh, let's talk about some of the Minnesota Russians here. We have um, Marat. What? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. Marat Kuznudinov. Marat Kuznadinov. Kuznadinov. God damn it. I haven't um, spelled it out phonetically for you, so. Yeah, well, the pressure got to me. Um, I actually posted a player card of his uh, on the SodaPod account when he was drafted. Um, what, what did Shane say there, Producer Pigeon? You can't play golf in the winter in Minnesota. Um, no, uh, you, usually not. Golf? Oh, there you go. There you go. There is golf in Minnesota. Nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so this, uh, draft pick this year for the Minnesota wild Marat, he's actually, you know, playing pretty decent in Russia as well. I figured, Hey, we're on the Russian train right now on the soda pod episode 99. We may as well sprinkle in some Minnesota wild news. Uh, check out again at the soda pod on Twitter. If you're not already following our account, scroll down through the media. We did, um, post a player card. Maybe I'll even retweet it after the show about him. Uh, he's playing in the MHL right now and he's got 14 points, three goals, in 10 games uh he did play in two khl games respectfully didn't register any points and played in three vhl games as well uh generating one goal he's still young 18 years old um and uh you know still got probably a couple more two to three more years in russia before we even hear if this guy's going to be a legitimate prospect um but from what i heard you know a second rounder 37th overall the wild were excited to pick him and his uh his upside uh looks looks pretty pretty good and they do need you know some centers this guy is a center and uh we'll see how he develops but hey some some early production there and again we're on the russian train here i thought i'd highlight him here on the soda pod yeah man in all fairness like obviously rossi was the excitement of the draft but when you look at like where players were taken like i didn't think kuznadinov was a guy that was still going to be on the board at that point 
and you look at the trade to pick up him and another great player in that round when we sent off Luke Cunning, who we clearly weren't going to keep, I guess, if Gary mm-hmm. that move. Like, I was just very, very pleasantly surprised that not only did we get the prize in Rossi, but really top to bottom, the draft looked pretty good. Kuznadinov. Kuznadinov. I'll remember that one. We're going to have to make canned koozies. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um and vladislav first off um a second rounder from last year's draft um he plays for at the university of connecticut he had a great uh freshman season obviously uh ncaa hockey's not happening right now he's been in russia since i believe late july early august and he's been training with the international u20 team so he can't play any games because he is still technically a student um, and he didn't want to leave school, um, risking not being able to come back and losing his scholarship and whatnot. So he actually, I've talked to some of the coaches at UConn and uh, a friend of the show, actually, in a, a Carter Turnbull, who's a Nanaimo kid from Vancouver Island, who plays uh, for the University of Connecticut, too. And he's actually a fucking stud. He's played some international hockey for, uh, you know, U20 hockey with Team Canada as well. Um, he had glowing reviews about this kid and then was, you know, I, I talked to him and the coaches saying that, no, he he wants to stay in the NCAA. He knows that this play, this is the best route for his development. And he has, uh, he has a pretty, like, amazing plan and training regiment right now in Russia that uh, some of the coaches at UConn have been in contact with uh, some of his trainers there at the uh, international program. And, uh, you know, he's, he's staying fit and working on the things he has to work on. So, so don't fear Minnesota wild fan. This kid, uh, you know, he, he's the real deal. He's a legitimate prospect. Um, last thing that I want to bring up in this segment, uh, Hoppy, before we move on to talk about, um, well, malt madness and a few other things. Um, oh, Shane has one comment here. He says, uh, UConn is a ball and women's basketball team. No, leave it to Shane to, uh, well, to talk about basketball here on the soda pod, but, but hey, we'll we'll highlight women's basketball, of course. Uh, UConn, are they? Do they have a good men's program as well, Shane? Since since I have you here, um, I can you it's always competitive. Okay, okay. It, it changed though, so I'm embarrassed to know this because I really don't care about basketball at all. But they had a stud coach who left, and he's coaching the Celtics now. So I don't know what's happened okay. since he left. I just always see them in March Madness, and they always say that that coach was a reason that they'd always have a chance. So I don't okay. have a clue where the program's at now. Breaking news tonight. It is now official. Butler University announcing just moments ago that men's basketball coach Brad Stevens is leaving for the NBA. It is definitely a stunning development. It was a well-kept secret until this afternoon. Stevens helped build Butler into what it is today. And now he is headed to the Boston Celtics. Oh, sweet. Well, there you go. Shout University of, uh, of Connecticut. Um, all right, some more somber news, but um, but some interesting uh, facts about about this news. Actually, when I was you know reading about it earlier today, uh, Howie Meeker, a former NHL player, Hockey Night Canada icon, and legendary personality, uh, has passed away today at the age of ninety seven. At random enough, Nanaimo General Hospital here on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, literally 10 minutes north of the Hockey Podcast Network uh, studios, which is which is crazy to think about. Um, Meeker spent two years as the progressive uh, conservative member of parliament in Canada while playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He won the, the federal by-election in Ontario, riding in Waterloo South in 1951, 
but uh, but didn't seek to reelect two years later. That he's is a, the most Canadian he's, thing he, I've ever heard. He's a hockey guy, ladies and gentlemen. In in 2010, he was named a member of the Order of Canada and inducted into the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. Meeker, who won four Stanley Cups with the with Toronto, was the oldest living Maple Leaf. Um, he was an NHL star who won Rookie of the Year honors in nine. 19- in 1947 after scoring 27 goals and 45 points in 55 games. This guy was an absolute beauty because also at the end of his life recognized Vancouver Island, an amazing place, the best place in Canada, obviously over Ontario. All seriousness, Meeker was an absolute beauty and a pioneer in the hockey world and uh, all respect towards him and his family. And I just wanted to give him a, a shout out here on the Soda Pod. Um, producer pigeon. I know we were kind of reading this, this article together on CBC and were you as shocked as I was that the man was living here on Vancouver Island? Somewhat shocked, but I mean, it shows you as a smart guy, the most beautiful retire, place on earth. I would retire here as well. I what, wouldn't stick around. Not what do you think in the noose Lanceville area? Yeah. He was, he was around there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He had a, he had a nice place. He had a nice view of the ocean. A hundred percent. Um, so rest in peace. Uh, you, you legend you, thank you very much for everything you've, you've done up here in Canada. Hoppy, does does that um does that tribute fall on like the top five most Canadian things that I've ever that I've ever said here on on the Soda Pod? No, not in top five Canadian things you've ever said, but it it falls very in line with just your Vancouver Island vibe, if that's more fair. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, you said some pretty Canadian things. That's not uh, that's not at all a criticism on the tribute. It was a great tribute, but I'm just saying there's a pretty aggressive list on Canadian things you've said. I've, I've forgot to clip a few of them. What are some off the top of your head? I'll, I'll go back and I'll find you some really good ones. Okay, sweet. Well, I mean, you're, you're editing tonight too. So, I mean, if you, if you got the time, by all means, do whatever you got to do, my friend. Um, all right. Do you have anything else for, for this hockey semi? Should we wrap it up and talk about Malt Madness? Is there any, is there anything we've left on the shelf? All right. I think everyone knows this is the time of year where there's really not a lot to talk about with hockey. Yeah, and Mike Hoffman's still not signed, so I mean, we're, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. <laughs> Who else is out there? He's really the big name. Is there any other names? Any other middle class names? No. Off the top of my head, I'm sure there's. Pigeon, is there anybody else out there? That were stupid, but. Michael Chaput. <laughs> Speaking of Connecticut, I'm pretty sure he played. For uh, for like, there's an AHL team around Connecticut. I'm pretty sure he won in a Calder Trophy there. Anyways, I don't know. Lake Erie. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> pulling hockey stats out my ass, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at vi sports talk. Uh, of course, the show at the Soda Pod. You can get our fine producer here as well at producer underscore pigeon and state of hoppy. Also on Instagram, Joey's the one who mans the Instagram, and uh, I'm quite uh, I'm. I'm quite a passionate follower of that account. Let me tell you, I think I've liked every single image. Wow, that's big of you. Yeah, I uh, took what a, little, a guy. I took a little break. What a guy. Took a little break while I was mountain biking the other day, and uh, you know, taking a book out of Producer T's. Well, like taking a chapter of Producer T's book rather, and I was liked every single image on the on uh, the Instagram there. It's it's great stuff. At state of Hoppy. Look at the man's blushing. Um, all right, let's go to our final segment of the show here. We have some housekeeping notes from the Hockey Podcast Network. We're going to talk about what we're really excited to put on, what Hoppy's done an outstanding job of organizing the first annual Malt 
madness here on the soda pod and uh, and a couple more things as we continue to uh, round out the show here episode 99 of the soda pod all right hoppy uh take it away we have Malt Madness coming up. Uh, let's let's first start um, with what we're doing and uh, and you know what you've been doing behind the scenes in organizing this. Yeah, Malt Madness, uh, pretty straightforward here. Think March Madness meets the great breweries of Minnesota, and not just taking great breweries, but also the ones that actually want to participate and interact with the Soda Pod. Um, it's been fun reaching out to a lot of these breweries. We've got a lot that are actually really excited to jump into this and have a chance to showcase and go up against other breweries. But um, well, ineffable. They said like they're super pumped. They've been like, we were been waiting for a competition. I'm like, well, there you go. We got your backs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, biggest thing here, everyone, is like we want to get as many votes as we can. Please share the polls that we're going to drop every Wednesday for each round of matchups. We just want to see where everyone falls on their favorite breweries. And this is something that, as each mentioned before, first annual, it might not necessarily be just brewery versus brewery in the future, but we can go any direction we want. We can go favorite beer that each brewery wants to boast against the other. We can go with can design. We can go with tap room. We've got a lot of routes to go and we've got a lot of breweries that obviously being a bracket of 32 to start, I fully expect that by the next bracket we do, we're going to be up to the full 64. Yeah, and we actually have ideas for another, you know, another bracket down the road, which will be more like brew, like uh, I guess beer art, like canned art design. You know, I have some local breweries here on Vancouver Island who want in on the mix, and obviously we know if you know by tuning into the Soda Pod here on the live streams and the and the and the podcast, if you've gone and checked out some of the beers we've talked about, Hoppy's highlighted some amazing breweries out here with some unbelievable can art as well. And not to mention some of our guests here, um, owners of local breweries who've shown off, you know, live some of the uh, some of the great art designs. So that's kind of the stuff we're going to do bracket wise in the future. But we're so excited for the first annual one, you know, the inaugural one to be like Hoppy said, featuring the best breweries in Minnesota. And uh, the participation is going to be so much fun because there's a chance for everyone to win a ton of prizes while they participate. So Hoppy, um, you know, how can they do that? It's, it's so easy to enter. Yeah. So it's twofold. First off, if you are following ourselves and a guest that we're going to be bringing on on Wednesday brewery travels, which I'll be honest, he's already forgotten more about beer than I've ever known to steal a quote from Taylor Cope. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, if you follow both of us and if you're sharing these polls, Every week that you share, that's an entry into a drawing. What's the drawing for? It's actually for gift cards from the breweries participating. There you go. Why does your voting matter? Because the final four breweries, and there might be more beyond that, those are the ones that are going to be kicking out those gift cards. So your vote counts. It matters. And again, we want to just get as much participation here as we can. And uh, even beyond that, so like I mentioned, every Wednesday before our live stream each Wednesday night, we will be dropping the voting for each matchup. So the brackets will be determined by your votes on Twitter to see which brewery advances over the other. But Monday, tomorrow, when you're probably listening to this, if you're on the podcast, we're actually going to have the bracket released for everyone to see. 
And you have until this Friday to give us your final four, who you think is going to advance and be the final four breweries. How do you do that? You go and give us a five-star review wherever you're getting your podcast from, and you give us those four breweries. And if you get all four right, not only are you going to get a gift card from a brewery of your choice, you're also going to have a chance to come on and actually play co-host for a day with us once the bracket's all rounded out. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Not only do you get a chance to win by just simply, you know, retweeting and sharing and voting in, you know, the weekly brackets and poll, which will be in poll question form here on Twitter. But if you take that extra step and help us out at the Soda Pod by leaving us a a five-star rating and commenting, like Hoppy said, the final four, you get a chance to win additional prizes and a chance to, to shoot the breeze with us, to talk beer, to talk hockey, whatever you want here on uh, on the Soda Pod. So we're really excited about this. Um, we're going to continue to pump it. Um, obviously, we're going to be dropping it tomorrow. And if you're listening to the podcast today on uh, on Monday, and uh, we'll continue to, to drop some promos. You know, we'll, we'll cut a little bit probably of this uh, live stream here of Hoppy explaining it. We'll put it on Twitter. And uh, the more the participation, you know, the more chance you have, uh, everyone has to, to win some prizes. And the more, and, but most importantly, the more these breweries get uh, some recognition, that's what it's all about. We, we want everyone to go and uh, try, try the beers and products from, uh, from all our good friends here in the Minnesota craft beer scene. Shane says, all right, maybe I'll give you a review. Shane, you haven't... Re- you haven't fucking reviewed the soda pod yet. It's 99 episodes in. I know you've listened to every single one. You haven't reviewed us. What's wrong with you? Triggered Isha. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't but- believe it. Shane's like my best friend, man. He hasn't fucking reviewed the soda pod. I swear my mom's even reviewed the soda pod. That's very much like a, a comment I would have made where I've already actually reviewed and he's just trolling, but <laughs> who might have said? But Shane, are you Burry bitch? I don't think he is. Someone named Burry bitch fucking <laughs> commented on ours. It was a good review, so like, thank you. But hey, that's funny all that matters, name. man. Yeah. And Isha, you hit it though. This the biggest thing here is like, yeah, we want to have fun, and this will be a, a good time at the bracket. But let's get these breweries some notification. You honestly, outside of like the ten percent of you, most of you won't know every brewery that's on this bracket. No. Uh, by the way, Shane says he doesn't left a review because he's not a fan of Apple. Not good enough. Okay, now I believe that he hasn't left a review. <laughs> he's not good enough. <laughs> oh, man. So, in regards to this amazing bracket, uh, you know, Malt Madness Challenge that we're putting out there, uh, ep- Wednesday's episode 100, and as Hoppy teased, we have Brewery Travels um, co- coming on. I'm super excited to... Well, to, to talk to him because what he's been doing on Twitter is, is awesome and social media. Um, we've been connected with him for the last few weeks here. He's done respectfully bracket challenges as well. And he's helping, he's helping to promote this, which is, which is awesome. And, uh, and we also have a special guest, which we're not going to announce here on the podcast because there's still some things in the works. We will have an additional hockey uh, based guest on Wednesday as well. Uh, it'll be a fun one. It may be a little bit of a longer one. It's episode 100. Um, made it to 100 in season one. Now, season one got a little bit dragged out due to, well, the COVID-19 pandemic. Season two on the Hockey Podcast Network actually officially starts December 1st. But 100 episodes in one season, uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, Let me tell you, I'm going to have more than just one 
of these nutty uncles on maybe not nutty uncles but more than just one uh one one beer on that episode um some great guests uh fun times maybe we'll give out some prizes as well as uh, it's a celebration and uh what what better uh what better episode than to uh to also talk about and present the first week of uh of the beer malt madness bracket uh matchup so again super excited to host that on the soda pod and a huge thanks to state of hoppy who has honestly been organizing it all um and uh this wouldn't happen without you so thank thank you so much man i'm just excited to do it man hoppy's like don't thank me until it's over <laughs> um we do have another contest going on uh both on the soda pod and but it's presented by the hockey podcast network the network that we here at the soda pod uh live on and it, it's a great one and basically you minnesota fans are fucking awesome you are the best and i say it all the time minnesota hockey fans are the best hockey fans in the world you you rival those in canada and i'm as canadian as they come eh that's that's like that that's some that's some fighting words in some provinces but it's true um, when, when I told you guys to go on coolhockey.com and use our promo code when Caprizov's when Caprizov signed, you sold out that fucking store and you've been killing it in this contest. Now this at the soda pod, basically we made, we made a post, um, asking you to follow the hockey podcast network at hockey pod net and at the soda pod and to retweet the respected post. And basically what the Hockey Podcast Network is doing is they got every single NHL-based show to make this post on Twitter. And whatever market uh, retweets the post the most, so whatever post in the respected team's market gets the most retweets, um, one person who retweeted that post has a chance to win the jersey from their market. And hey, here at the Soda Pod, if you have a special request for a certain type of jersey, we'll make that happen because... We're better than the rest here on the Hockey Podcast Network, let me tell you. And I'm not saying that because I manage the damn thing. I'm saying that because Hoppy's a fucking beauty. But anyways, um, we're killing it right now. I believe we're just about at 60 retweets. I think we're we're trailing just the, the Stick Hungry podcast, who's about 80 to 90. Um, the contest is going on for the rest of the week. By the end of the week, we will announce the winner. So if you haven't seen the post already, either go to at HockeyPodNet or at the soda pod, if you're not following us already, I've retweeted it today. I will continue to retweet it from my personal account at VI Sports Talk and the, the Soda Pods account. So get it on it. All you have to do is follow a couple accounts and retweet for a chance to win uh, a brand new Adidas or a past jersey of your choice. Um, you know, I like the cream color, you know, Minnesota, uh, almost like college style jersey. I, I don't know the official name of it, but that's my favorite one personally. So if you like that one, you know, send me a DM. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll get you the jersey of your choice. Even Hoppy retweeted it. He's even in on this. So, um, oh, Shane's still giving us explanations of uh, why he hasn't uh, given us a review yet. Um, he says, also, I don't have iTunes. Maybe I'll boot up my old computer. That does. Uh, Shane, Shane, I believe Shane may have an Android phone, so that's why it's a little hard there. But yes, if you have uh, an old computer to to boot up. Get iTunes on there, leave a review, and watching well, five stars and a review. Five stars are more important. Um, reminder, folks, we have, uh, in, in addition to Malt Madness, Madness, we do have a poll question. Uh, we usually have two, but we're running with the Malt Madness as our you know official beer poll question this week. At the Soda Pod, write-ins. Well, for this one, you can kind of, you can chirp. 
they're not really they're not really needed for the malt the malt madness but on our other poll questions write-ins are always encouraged and i want to give a big thank you to everyone who tunes into this podcast episode 99 of the soda pod on soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from folks the best thing you can do for us this week or whenever is to give us those five stars on itunes and apple podcasts um, the review again, it's not for our ego. It, all we want is the five stars. It helps boost us to the top of the podcast charts. Um, and if you know, go listen to our podcast through the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. And as always, download the episode before you listen. You can delete it right after. It just helps our business. Again, thanks to those who've tuned in in and out of the live stream and who've come back and viewed the video on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. And again, everyone who downloads the podcast, we really really appreciate it without you there'd be no soda pod we wouldn't have never made it to episode 100 now i should knock on wood i'm not quite there yet i gotta i gotta live to wednesday to to be able to say that in confidence but again oh uh, all you, yeah <laughs> all you listeners throughout the year and this season it's been uh it's been outstanding and one one final thing before we close off the show here um patreon we do have a Patreon. It's it's starting to expand. We're, we're starting to have more content. We're starting to actually have some more consistent blogs. There's going to be more vlogs, some video content. It's it's going to be great. Uh, Patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network. One dollar gets you past the paywall to get some extra podcasts in the after hours and the blogs and whatnot. And if you move up tiers, you will be rewarded with some custom hockey podcast network swag. The COVID cup gear is still up for a couple more weeks. We're going to change it up in about, I think two weeks or so. So stay tuned. Patreon again, the, uh, com slash the hockey podcast network. Shane says I'm downloading iTunes just to review the podcast. I hope you're happy. Shane, while you're at it, review all 40 podcasts here on the hockey podcast network. That would be great. Um, don't forget to follow myself at VI sports talk again, hoppy here at state of hoppy uh, producer pigeon. Uh, you chime, jump into the live stream here. Uh, you can follow producer pigeon. He's done an outstanding uh, job producing the show, hitting switches and controls at producer underscore pigeon. Uh, no, this ain't a hoax. Ladies and gentlemen, Th- this, this is our actual producer and there is an actual Twitter account. So show him some love. Um, Again, contest at HockeyPodNet. If you like hockey content, the Hockey Podcast Network is your boutique hub for hockey content. We have we have shows covering every team in the National Hockey League and some Life After Hockey with Brad Lieb launched two weeks ago. Uh, just yesterday, he came out with, uh, with an episode, episode two with Brock McGillis. And I've listened to a ton of Brock McGillis um, interviews and, and a lot of like his, his public speaking and whatnot. But him talking to like a fellow professional hockey player someone who he can really empathize with growing up in the same atmosphere and whatnot and brad lieb i think it was one of the best conversations that i've heard brock mcgillis have and i'm not just saying that for someone who you know works with the hockey podcast network um, i'm saying that because it was really moving and i encourage everyone to subscribe to life after hockey uh first episode with Corey hirsch second episode with brock mcgillis and shit i because i do work with the hockey podcast network i will give the official tease for episode three as uh should i give it away should i give it away pigeon no i shouldn't he's saying no okay maybe maybe i won't give away the tease i was gonna tease the third episode but it's gonna be a fucking banger with someone who well is pretty candid in the hockey world and uh and the 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 amazing guests just keep rolling on life after hockey so please uh show that some love as well um hoppy before we close out the show did i miss anything uh, do we have anything else to pump? Um, do you have any new beers, any places you're traveling for the next few episodes? Not that I know for sure. Um, but the one thing I will say, just thinking about it, 
going to be obvious to 90% of you, but to the 10%, you need to hear this. When you give us your final four, when you give us that five-star review that I know you're all going to do, even Shane, make sure that you're picking one from each different region because they can't make it from the same region. Just making sure you know. Shane, you can DM Hoppy to get your region straight if you want. Um, all right, folks. Episode 99 of the Soda Pod. That was a great one. Thanks to our friends at Inevitable. No, I'm just kidding. Ineffable. <laughs> Ineffable. You actually brewing. joked about it and then still fucked it up. Wow. Dude, I joked. I was joking the whole time. Ineffable <laughs> Brewing. Ineffable <laughs> Brewing. They were good sports about my fuck up earlier today. And uh, it was outstanding talking to them. Again, um, great entrepreneurs starting a business in you know the craziest of time. Uh, they got an outstanding spot as Hoppy went and visited them. You know, he can attest to it. And, uh, and they're great people at the end of the day participating in Malt Madness, which is officially launching if you listen to the podcast today. Super excited for that. Signing off. We'll see you on, on we'll see you all on episode 100. I'm Isha Jerome alongside the state of Hoppy. Producer Pigeons hitting switches and controls in the producer's booth. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. You good, man? Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.